0: going on everybody to the 15th installment of the dogs basketball podcast it's great to be back our first episode of october and it is officially game month we've talked before how we've had some exhibitions and we we mentioned on the last one our non-con schedule and all that stuff and it is officially game month we are officially 11 days away from our exhibition game on october 26th against henderson state i'm your host nick malandro but my co-host Co-host as usual, no alerts. know what's going on, man? It's great to be back. We are officially uber, uber close to the start of basketball season.
1: Yeah, while we're here in the middle of football season and full gear going in Valley Play, uh, we're really itching to get into basketball season as well because we've got a talented group of guys over there. We're ready to see what they're made of. Yes, we've talked multiple times about
0: the personnel we have this year and why we think we will make the jump. And we wanted to mention first that we will talk about. We will have a preview pod, season pod, going into this uh, uh, confident season we have coming up. We will have that in about a week or so before this October 26th. Game. So everybody, uh, stay tuned for that. We will be uh, mention that at the end of this as well. So we have missed some things over the course of the last however long that's been, probably a little close to three weeks since we've last done one. We talked about how, yeah, we've talked the non-con schedule. A lot of stuff came out on the last one, and it was a big decision that we were expecting to go our way that did not uh, a couple weeks ago. We'll get into that as well. But, no, as we know, it is Hall of Fame weekend here. Yes, on football, homecoming weekend. Overall, though, it is Hall of Fame induction weekend. And as we know, the great Randall Falker is going in tonight. And then probably will be recognized tomorrow at the football game. And it was great to see uh, that it looks like the, the real account posted at 5 o'clock, barely 15 minutes ago from the time we have right now, that he was he was at practice today with the players, probably earlier today. And it looks like he's talking to a lot of players. We mentioned or We noticed that he is talking here with JD, and we mentioned how – you know, J.D.'s road to recovery and how he is, and that's a good guy to learn from. They're about the same size, same style of play. I think Randall is a little more, obviously, athletic in what he was able to do. Uh, but defensively-wise, that's what kind of stuff we're expecting from J.D. You knowing I see Lance talking to him here. It's great to have Randall back in the building, ready for his big, long-awaited induction.
1: Yeah, it's it's great to see, as you said. And, yeah, as soon as I seen that picture of him talking to J.D., I. It was eye-opening because he's he was very well at that position and giving some tidbits and tips for getting him from that kind of guy in a Hall of Famer. It's pretty good, and I can't wait to see the pictures and maybe some videos they post tonight. Yeah, we mentioned before how whatever time
0: you know it would be and what we would be doing at the time, it would be cool if they were opening that to the public uh, for a lot of people, which I'm sure they are, which obviously we're too far along now to make it. But we'll obviously, like we said, we'll see him tomorrow. And yes, it'll be great to see the videos and what his speech is. I'm sure he might be emotional at some points. We understand, obviously, he just started. He just stopped, quit playing basketball the last year or so, probably when the pandemic hit, because we know he was playing a long time overseas. I mean, he's been playing for so long. It's great to see that he's still been involved. He looks like he could still play. And yes, the imagine the defensive things he could teach to a guy like J D and all of our other big men and to our team in general. Like we said, Lance was here talking to him, getting X's and O's, who knows? It's unbelievable having him here and the history that he has provided for us. It has here since he was here, we were ninety six and forty one and fifty three and nineteen in Missouri Valley. I mean talk about dominance. We mentioned how, you know, it seems like it's dominated nowadays by the Loyolas of the world. And I wonder what their record even has been over the course of the last three or four years, but in his four years, 53 wins. And I, I mean, that that was just utter dominance, Noah. Three NCAA tournaments, one NIT, Sweet 16, obviously, in that great 07 season, three Missouri Valley titles, and 11 weeks ranked in the national top 25. We literally talked before we came on here how crazy that is and how it seemed, unfortunately, unlikely that that could happen again for us. We talked how the competition back then wasn't as good as it is today, and the talent – it wasn't as good to where like, obviously with the runs that they could go on and how good of a team that they were, that they were able to do stuff like that. But it's, it's hard to do nowadays as we know, Noah. Um, but yeah, it just, it goes to show we mentioned it h- however much that the success that he and the teams had back then.
1: Yeah. Uh, I said it off air and I th- I'll say it now. I don't think we'll ever have a team as good as that, Though that well, his four years here was. And it's, um, we hope to get up to that level at some point. Uh, we got a team that could be get to that level maybe soon. But uh, yeah, uh, great to see that he's back and that level is utter dominance. You don't even see still loyal. Uh, they, I guarantee, they s- haven't spent eleven weeks in the top twenty-five in no. Cam Cutwick's career. So that's just how it is. And uh, mid-major teams don't get v- votes like that anymore. And we talked about how big, you're right on that, and how big
0: a dog that our team was back then, thinking we kind of have the dogs now to be able to do that, and it doesn't even have on here that he won however many, he was on however many defensive, all defensive teams, and his defensive player of the year awards, and I mean, it's just incredible, but it is great, because we've seen, obviously, Jamal here over the course of the last couple months, seeing Randall here now, and then, obviously, having Brian who, you know, the players that were on those teams, we mentioned how And I'm pretty sure he was at uh, the inaugural, either the tip-off dinner, I think he was at the tip-off dinner, Tony Boyle even, you know, some pivotal parts to that team. And I remember I said I, you know, in our job delivered to him, and got a chance to talk to him. He still lives in the area. He lives over in Murfreesboro. That not only staying around here for his sake, but just getting those players in here, talking to the teams, what to expect, what they experienced. And, I mean, if, if anything, we mentioned how it's it's it doesn't look likely that we'll act, have a run like this ever again. It does seem unlikely uh, that, but this would be, like you said, the team to do it and the, the the time to do it with Brian at the helm. That having these guys, these legends, come in here and uh, preach to these guys and what it takes. That it does seem it would seem possible, but it would have to start right now. We've talked so many times how. It's crazy how Randall has not been in the Hall of Fame all this time. You know, like we said, Jamal pretty sure got inducted over a decade ago, and Brian's in, and obviously all the other great players. And I wonder why it took so long for Randall, and even on the football side, why it took so long for Mike Cole, Pruitt, that, you know, they, how unbelievable of statistical years they had in success. You know, Mike Hall was on, wasn't on that great of teams. But Randall obviously being so, that how pivotal he was, it's crazy he hasn't made it in here. So yeah, we talked about how we will definitely uh find out, see pictures or videos of his speech, and we will talk about them on our preview pod in a week or so, just to mention that because like I said, I'm sure it'll be pretty great. So that is we we cannot wait to see that. I can't wait to see him at the game potentially tomorrow. So it's great to have the great Randall Falker back. Uh Some other stuff, no, there's a lot of little stuff to get into before some other things, but uh, we understand the golf scramble over in Cocopelli and Marion happened uh, uh, probably a week or so ago, and the tip-off dinner happened, uh, I think, October 7th, and it had a bunch of uh, former players, all-time players there, if I can go by and see or find out. All the other players that were there, I think Chris Carr was one of them. Who else was there? Shane Hawkins, Jermaine Dearman, the great Jermaine Dearman. J.T. was there, yeah. Kent Williams, Sylvester Willis, representing 21 wins per year, nine Missouri Valley titles, and nine NCAA tournaments. So they did show, I think, highlights of that, and it just shows the history we have, and we know the players. The current players go to stuff like that. Obviously, they were at the scramble as well. That both of those went well, and they were able to see the history, and obviously. Talk to uh, uh, all of them to see, obviously, like we said, what it takes. So, a great event that they had going out there for the donors and for obviously fans that wanted to show up as well. That that's where we're thinking we're confident because we talk about how the fan the stands for football that hopefully that covers over to basketball and having those donors and then you know people seeing the hype around the basketball team that the potential of all, all, a lot of either the dog pad or anything that we could get crowds like that this year. So yeah, a lot of those went well, Noah, and it was great to see a former Saluki. We noticed the last couple of days, Kevion Pippen, who had a couple of great great years here. We talked about how if he had four years, where he could rank all time. But Noah it looks like he's signed overseas.
1: Yeah, he f- he found a home down in. Um... you don't even know. It's, we can't even read the language they have there. So whether, yeah, wherever that is, exactly trying um, to. Take my Spanish classes, see if I can tell. But that's been since high school. But yeah, he signed overseas. Uh, we know he had a couple, had a stint in the NBA, and now he's uh, got a new home overseas. Uh, at his press conference, he said, I feel that the, the team is a family. My surname does not weigh on me. I come to play my game and fulfill my role. So that's just the type of player he is. And as we know, uh, Sean Lloyd's over there as well somewhere. Yeah, and we talked how, uh, yes, he was. You're right, he
0: was in the NBA, he was on, in the G League, and he was in there recently, that uh, that uh, alumni, or he was on Team Arkansas, right, for, in the, it was months ago. He was on that team, though, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, in the uh, basketball TB, tournament. TBT
0: yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure he did well on that. And obviously, this is a verified account, so, I mean, they had a whole thing for him so they're they're happy to have him there and i'm sure he's yeah SLU players have a definitely have a history a recent history of playing overseas so yeah and we mentioned that he kind of paved the way it's crazy how it's been almost three years since he's been here and all those guys of that last Barry team that now we're in the third year of the brian air and it's crazy thinking that how long it's been since we got these players and yeah if he was here for four years he would have had an utter dominance under uh, dominant career, and he paved the way for guys like Barrett Benson and so on. It's over to the bigs we have today. So, shout out to Kevion and his great career he had at SIU and his future endeavors <clears throat> at the professional level. Yeah, you said Shiz Lloyd's out still playing, Armand, the same thing. So, shout out to those guys. Keep going. It's crazy thinking back how long it's been for those guys. Aaron Cook was a year lower than those guys that he's still playing in college. That's how long it's been. It's crazy. And anyway, as we know, Aaron Cooks at Georgia with Sean O'Brien, he's still an assistant there. So a lot of former Salukis doing their business. and good luck to them all. Spain, I believe. I've done my research. Oh, that's in Spain. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I saw the name. It wasn't. It wasn't Real Madrid. It was Real Balbadalid
1: or whatever. Yeah, it's over there in by Madrid. So I would assume there's a bunch of leagues over there, but I would assume that's probably in the. With As official as it looks, that's in the big league with the Real Madrid and teams like that. So that's a a big league over there. He'll be playing some nice competition, I'm sure, over there as well. So, yeah, good luck
0: to him. Good luck to all the former Salukis, wherever they are. Uh, Now, Noah, let's get into, obviously, we talked before in the last couple, definitely in the last one, about Belmont joining, the Belmont Bruins joining the Missouri Valley, and it will take into effect in July of 2022, which we, we talked about how so much that we cannot wait for that and how much they bring to the conference as a whole for basketball and academic sake. Uh, That's, uh, you know, the fact that they've had so much success where they are and they bring more notoriety to the Valley because the sinking of the Ohio Valley Conference. And we talked before how teams like even USI, if they were to make the jump, they'd fill out. So the OVC will end up being a non-factor at some point. And we wanted to talk about Belmont a little bit, but because no, we talked off air multiple times on. Obviously, that we have eleven teams now with Belmont that it could be twelve. Remember seeing somebody say that Murray will be coming to the Valley. We have not seen that locally in any facet. Just chatter, nothing else. But uh, what do you have any anything you want to add? Any more on Belmont before we get into any other teams that we know that could fill that twelfth spot?
1: Yeah, we mentioned it on the last pod. Uh, listen to March the Arts podcast. They had a guy from Belmont. That's a good listen if you guys want to go listen to that. That's another Valley podcast. Shout them out. Um, yeah, Belmont's getting into that Nashville, uh, Nashville area. That's a big time market, media market. So that's good. Good to add, and uh, they have a nice Curb Event Center as their arena. So that's a nice center, and it's. Uh, uh, they mentioned it on the podcast uh, I was listening to, and they said uh, a lot of Valley schools are going to be uh, battling for uh, weekend games at Belmont, so their uh, fans so can, can travel, travel down. To, so, yeah. so yeah. if it's ever a weekend or for us, we can get off in time. We we won't we, we don't care to make that trip down. Oh no, we, so, will not. we will not hesitate. That's a that's a easy trip down for us. And just thinking about. Yeah, the the media in
0: Nashville and the ability to fly in easily. Obviously, for us, it'd be a four-hour trip. We could make as a team and as fans. Yeah, we will not we will not miss because yeah, we there's been a lot of hype around their arena. We would like to see that, and obviously, like I said, their success brings it much excitement to the valley whenever they get here in a year. And then Noah, that twelve team, which obviously we said Murray is a prime candidate. Looks like they might be the team, but we've talked before, and there was an article that or someone that you saw on something that mentioned other potential teams and who are those teams and read off a little bit of what would make them likely and unlikely
1: yeah there's a there's a lot of names thrown out there immediately and Murray's probably the the biggest one because uh, the recent success and the NBA players they've had in the NBA and uh uh it's not a big not a big distance from a lot of valley schools so uh closest is us and evansville i believe and indiana state's the next closest but uh they have a big fan base uh ovc has their uh tournament over in evansville and murray state that's a it's all blue and gold over there so and uh them lately them and belmont's had a little bit of rivalry so it'd be nice to continue that in the valley so uh uh, so there's some good things about them, the recent success and stuff like that, but there's a lot, and there's a couple of cons like location, travel for a lot of, travel for a lot of teams. Uh, you can't bust down from Cedar Falls down to Murray. Right. And, today. and if you think that we've been there, it's in the middle of nowhere. So it's a small media market. There's not a lot of, and they share, uh, I believe they share Valley Sports, uh, South, southwest or whatever with belmont so you're not getting in any other media market but uh it's in the middle of nowhere so travel will be hard to get to where would they fly in uh it's a it's a wonder but uh, a lot of a lot of people have them as their top school they would add if we add a 12th team
0: yeah and you you mentioned how they they have a good fan base you know a lot of stuff in producing nba talent that those two should be enough in and of itself. And they have had success. And you mentioned the rivalry with Belmont is definitely what we want. Yeah. I think it just stinks that it seems like travel. And obviously you said sharing the media market with Belmont, they're, they're not getting their own per se. I wonder if that, how much that would change being in the OVC that you're now you're in a bigger and better conference that a lot of that more media would happen for you. Um, but yeah, the, the travel thing is definitely interesting. Yeah. You're not going to make, you're not going to have teams travel from Iowa. Even the closest team to us is Evansville, and then obviously you got the Illinois State up there, and then. But Indiana it's, it's State, still a yeah. long drive still for 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 the most part. I couldn't imagine making trips to Murray for them. Yeah, if they fly into,
1: I couldn't tell you. I don't know where the where the airports are around. Like we we've those. discussed. I'm not even sure how big Paducah. If it's even yeah, as big as like Williamson County, yeah. But, uh, Which we don't. We, we fly out. The basketball teams fly out of. I mean. Yeah, I'm sure teams fly into there too, but it's still location. It's still another hour. Then the other cons uh, revenue wise, if you want to talk other sports than basketball, their football team has been bottom tier of the OVC for a while. Uh, their women's basketball has only been to one tournament since 2008, and their baseball has only been to one regional in their history. And their overall athletics budget is not good compared to OVC standards. So, yeah, those are definitely big things
0: to so you. Yeah, the budget I think is the biggest thing there. I think with the move maybe to the Missouri Valley and if they do something at least for definitely women and obviously men that they could get a little better recruits to help that out. But, yeah, the budget's a big deal.
1: Yeah, their boosters would uh, – speaking of Belmont, the guy they had on said that they have some boosters that they're going to have to have backup to support and they get that funding so far. So, yeah, that would be the big one. Another one, say it's uh, – S-I- SIU fans law you we battle for students and blah, blah, blah. True, yeah. They I, There's a billboard here in Marion
0: that promotes Murray State for students. So, yeah, we and we've known people that have gone to school there. So, yeah, they do steal our students even, yeah. So that's something to say, too. So there are some locality involved, for lack of a better term, for, for, for this whole area, definitely including Carbono. So it all intertwines with one another. So we're thinking – we'll go over some other teams here in a second. But Murray – obviously either early leaked by whoever it was that there'll be the next team. It seems like
1: that'll be the case. Yeah. not sure what's going on there because we saw the leaked one of Belmont on Friday and the next Monday it had been, it's been leaked that it was official. So it was Mike that tweeted out a link to it. So
0: that's, yeah. With sister with Mike, it'd be a lot more confirmation or a lot more worthy of happening, I guess. Not sure what that, Person Matt Jones, he covers Kentucky basketball. Well, oh, that right? doesn't surprise me. Just the fact that Kentucky correlated that he would be hearing something. But yeah, we like I said, we haven't heard anything locally of anything. So just chatter. So besides them, that seem like the favorite. Noah. Who are some other options? Because I like this next option.
1: I believe I would assume Northern Kentucky. Yeah, Northern Kentucky, would, which we know Marcus Damask was going there. Um, so it is they got a. Big, nice uh, basketball facility. It would be jump straight to the top of the valley. It's BB&T Arena. It was opened in 2008. So it's 10,000. Basically, if you take the Ford Center in Evansville and drop it onto Evansville's campus, that's what you get with that. So uh, they've recently made the jump to Division One like nine years ago, and they've had some success since then. They're just seven miles outside of Cincinnati. Um, it's a new market. It's closer to the Indiana State to Evansville in like three or four hours, and Belmont's not too far either. So uh, their baseball is a steady program, but uh, some cons. Um, it's a newer program to D1 basketball. Not sure how that will translate, and how if they would be able to. I would think uh, if if Murray were to move, they would be a, maybe a better fit to move from the Horizon over to the OVC maybe. If that would make that kind of jump would make more sense, but uh, they're five hours from St. Louis, so is that fan base willing to travel? That's another con. So good point.
0: Um, yeah, the whole market thing, and yeah, being in Milwaukee or Milwaukee, sorry, we're, that's another team, but so like in Kentucky, around some big markets for travel, as we mentioned. And yeah, because I, I, they do have a nice arena. They you said they've only you said they just moved up to Division One, Roy. Really. That's only that's been about a decade. You said, right? yeah. So yeah, some because obviously some teams obviously that are in our conference now have been in there for almost a hundred years it seems like so, but it seems like you know because they had that one coach leave to Cincinnati then he was canned there for for bad reasons and then almost getting guys like Marcus to mass so it's all about if once teams get into this conference that a lot of things can change for them in every facet being in a bigger and better conference so yeah you mentioned how if we don't get them obviously they can move to Whoever They can move around it's a lot of conference realignment going around. So, yeah, uh, I do like the Northern Kentucky thing. Uh, we said Murray's the favorite, but we don't have to go through the pros and cons, but what are some other uh, – because obviously like it seems like Murray's going to be the case. Well, who, is, who are some other options, though?
1: Yeah, a couple of other options. Uh, a lot of – getting a lot of chatter is the University of Texas at Arlington – uh, getting down in there into that media market, media market, and uh, that's a big one going around. Uh, been thrown out like UMKC out of Kansas City, Nebraska, Omaha has been thrown around. Uh, we'll see them this season. Arkansas, Little Rock, and uh, one I think's interesting is a uh, uh, Milwaukee. Uh, they should show some with landing, saving his dad' job pretty much. Patrick Baldwin, a five star, they should see some um national attention national attention and success here in the recent couple of years i'd say with recruiting and stuff and they've had some recent path i know back in 25 2005 bruce pearl took him to the sweet 16 before losing to illinois so they've had some recent success in the past and that's an inner that's a new market you're getting into uh the wisconsin uh, wisconsin valley sports so that's a new one i like that one but uh as much as we talked about Murray State, that's top top of the list, and uh, I will say this: uh, we're glad we've been in the valley for a long time because there's no chance SIU's S- getting in the valley if it, if we were trying to get in the valley. I will say that. Going along with a lot of other schools like Northern Iowa, Indiana State, we're lucky to be here.
0: Yeah, and not having to get in it now, you're right because of the our budget,
1: what it looks like now, and then obviously
0: you know the non true success for a long time. Hoping that changes. But yeah, you're right. That's that's a good point that we don't know how we would fare if we were looked at it. Um, you know, I think it's also looked at us from a university standpoint. I think overall outside of the budget and the money collapse of just Illinois in general that I think that we, we produce a lot of, you know, this like engineering and those SA I think when people look at the university in and of itself that that can be alone can be worth being in something like that, so that is interesting to think about. Yeah, Milwaukee, knowing that we have Marcus and Dalton, players like that from that area. That, uh, you know, obviously it's a good area. So if we steal people, steal people from recruits up there as well, that is a nice. And you, yeah, with Patrick Baldwin would we'll definitely bring national attention there to get them on the map. I'd say that's the third best option. Uh, Northern Kentucky. It seems like the UMKC schools of the world and the Nebraska Omaha seem like just. Teams that really shouldn't fit the bill in my opinion. So I think those top three schools should be the case. And it seems like any time that we're awaiting the full confirmation on Murray coming.
1: Yeah, to add maybe a couple more, uh, since they're already main main ones wise, since already in the valley for football, you could add in the Dakotas maybe, especially South Dakota State and North right. Dakota State. Exactly. Because we played uh, we played North Dakota last year in some games and they they weren't awful. So they are an option. Yeah, you're right? So I, w- I would, wouldn't would think they would add, but yeah, Murray, Murray and uh, I believe from what I see, UTR, University of Texas Arlington is the most chatter. So yeah, so a lot of options and whoever it might be, who
0: knows when a, you know, an announcement would be. We know Belmont happened weeks ago and they're coming July 22. This seems like whoever else would be joining would be the same timetable. To come here, and we talked before that maybe it'd be worth testing out eleven teams before a twelfth. That maybe they'd obviously just want to get it out of the way. So yeah, we'll that's be, what I think we should do. Yeah, test out an eleven. We know other teams do with odd with odd uh teams in their conferences and how they do it, especially when it comes to tournaments and all that stuff. So
1: and adding uh another team would uh, uh divide the shares of money even more, and we know we need more more money at SIU, so. But if I was Murray up to me, I'd stay there and dominate that conference. If they, if, if I was Murray State's president, because you're almost guaranteed way they can recruit and the NBA players they produce and the success they've had, you're guaranteed almost every year to go to the tournament. Yeah, and they landed a, a commit that we'll talk
0: about here shortly, one that we ran on. So they continue to get quality players, you're right. And if they keep dominating that, those are guaranteed – NCAA tournament bid you're right it's just it's how they view it because I'm sure they don't want to get out especially seeing other teams leave like the Austin Peas of the world that it's crumbling right before their eyes and the other teams like Eastern Illinois and SIUE who has some talent that could do something and even the SEMO of the world that we know maybe Brad Horns turn turned that around maybe a little bit this upcoming year it's interesting and maybe they want to get out and Missouri Valley is the place to go best for them so we'll see how that plays out we'll be sure to Have a pod about it if anything like that breaks at any point. We know since the season's coming around. We'll be having pods anyway, so we'll see how, if that makes one of the pods in any announcement. Keep everybody updated on that. So, I know some other little things before we get into some other stuff. Uh, Lance Jones was on in the dog pound with Brian, which is always cool. Brian had Marcus on. He had JT a while back. He had Nick Hill on. So, now it's Lance and Noah. The one thing that sticks out the one main thing was he was there and he handed Lance a box score of the Murray State game a couple years ago. And as we know, that was a game we feel like we should have won. But overall, it was one that Aaron Cook got hurt, which he played through injury. And we obviously found out after that he was going to miss the season. But Noah, we remember Lance, who played a little bit to start out with. He didn't do so well. He didn't play a whole lot. But he came out of the game and we wondered why that he didn't see any more action. We thought as low as Lance already – in the doghouse, which is ironic that that's a thing, but literally in the doghouse in the coach's doghouse, and we were just curious, you know, being a freshman, but they talked about how uh, he showed it to him and they were he had nothing on his box score except for one turnover. And now they talked about yeah you he, he didn't play that the rest of that game and stuff and us as fans obviously seeing how that would turn out the rest of the year before even finding out the news about Aaron and that was a blessing for for Lance, obviously, him Aaron going down and getting this chance, and they just talked about the fact that how far and how motivated motivating that was for Lance to have a game like that to to end up being what he had to be for that team solely, and what it's turned out for him being now. And I think that's definitely the biggest thing we took from it. There's some other things you know they discussed, but uh, that sticks out because, like I said, that was a game we were sold on or zoned in on, and what the potential of it would have been at the time, and seeing how big it was for Lance in turning into what the player
1: he is today. Yeah. Motivating. Yeah, motivating, and uh, it just shows you got to be – anytime you're called on, you got to be ready for the moment. And as a freshman, he was, and he's learned from that greatly. Learned from it, and obviously we, we can just
0: see in that interview Lance and Brian's relationship is great, uh, that obviously Brian's got the full-on trust in him now, and he's proved it over his career now that Lance is leaving his mark and leaving his legacy, too, as we speak. So, anyway, it, it was unfortunate just thinking about it, how, how last, last season played out. And, obviously, him almost single-handedly winning at least one of those games against Loyola and then not having him for the second half of the Bradley game and then obviously not getting him in that Loyola game was tough. So, he didn't end the season that he wanted to due to injuries, so we're knowing that Lance is going to come uh, a blazing this is a coming season, we cannot wait? So it is fun to go back and uh, – or great to go back and look at games that he had that ended up making him who he was today and how motivated he is. So that was great. And then Noah, as we know, J.D. Mula, which we'll get into some stuff about that here in a second, he obviously is rehabbing the injury, and it appeared a couple uh, weeks ago they posted a video of his rehab. It looks like he's been working out at the student center with a couple coaches, Riley Holstad. Our trainer and, and a, another guy who's with strength and conditioning, I guess, for the school in general, working out with him, working out with Javon, getting ready to go, Noah, and it, it looked like some some decent drills he was doing. He was running a lot, a lot of post moves. I remember seeing before we knew he was full contact, the videos that the team was posting of workouts that he was just mainly to shoot free throws and just getting the gist of pretty much basketball, coming back just in general. And knowing that he's full contact now, Noah, and he said something – that stood out and obviously we said that we saw a picture of him talking to randall there and, and picking him apart and it was a video the team posted of an update of how they're doing not too long ago that he's full contact knowing he says that he is about 100 percent feeling the best he ever has and that is music to our ears
1: absolutely he's going to be a big part of this team and uh could have used him greatly last year at some points of the year but uh yeah, that is music to our Like you say, can't wait to see what he's made of. Like, and we mentioned how getting these just from rain about defense. I think defense
0: is where could potentially be the biggest thing from JD. Obviously, that's what he was known for, and at uh, in JUCO as being the best big man defender in all of JUCO, when we landed him. So yeah, knowing his injury before the Louisville tournament, and just when the as soon as the pandemic hit, bad that uh and stuff like that got canceled that it was it was going to be one of those years potentially and it was and we're looking now to build off that and jd we know will be a huge factor in that so great to see his comeback story and he preached so much about the university and the people in it that's helped him get to this point in rehab so he's thankful and blessed he says now Noah, there is a thing that i've been wanting to put or do on the basketball podcast for a while something i remember seeing back in july about something that was posted about a pronunciation guide of some of the players and how to fully pronounce their names because, as we know, we've talked before that we didn't know exactly how to pronounce them. So here's a list here of some of the players. We'll read them off. Some are pretty self explanatory and obvious that we've known. But Ben Coupette, pronounced Coupette. Here's the big one that we didn't know, and this next one follows as well, though, along the same lines. Troy, as we know, we thought it was D'Amico, which it looks like that. Actually, that sounds pretty cool. But, Noah, we know it's Troy D'Amico, so it's duh. De. D'Amico, the A is like a U for the most part. D'Amico, and the same with Anthony. Anthony D'Avonzo. So that's interesting. It's because we, we want to do this because we know some people maybe, I mean, if they hear Steve Fallon say their name, you know, if they scored during the season or something, that maybe they've heard it before. Uh, we know ones like Marcus Damask and Scotty Ebube. Ed Bube, obviously the big freshman, we're expecting to maybe uh, uh, play some this year and get his feet wet. And then Kyler Filowich, here's a here's one we've seen before. Javon Maimon. wouldn't that say because <clears throat> we've been familiar with his name before? And general, Maimon. does that seem right? Yeah, I I thought I was always heard it, Mon, moment, but you're right. We've heard it on things or pronunciations. Pat Monahan, there was a video of him of when he was wired at a practice. He, We know how important he is for recruiting and all different kinds of stuff. And then here, J.D., it's Moolah. We've said Mwila before. Looks like it and it sounds cool, but it is J.D. Moolah. And like I said, you'll be hearing this along the season of how it's pronounced. Steve and obviously has the correct pronunciation. So we wanted to get that out there. Um, Noah, and now it says, because we know our games have been on CBS Sports Network before. And it says, it says that uh, the Valley has, let's see here, TV Update, the Valley has announced a television package with CBS Sports Network. The schedule features 10 games on CBS Sports Network with the Arch Madness title game on Big CBS, as we know before. How many games do we have on that this year? Um, not I'm not, okay. I think I, one. I think we talked about it. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. That's what I was, I guess, trying to get at. if we It looked does at not, um, Travels Tra- to Drake, February 26th. Yeah, one. one. Which is kind of, I wonder how many of some of these other teams have. I'm sure, obviously, the top Oil, teams have uh, Loyola, uh, Missouri State. Yeah, they play host to BYU. A lot, of, a lot of Loyola, which makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Missouri State, we know how they'll be good this year. They host BYU on Saturday, December 4th. On CBS Sportsnet, uh, Illinois, when they host SLU and all this stuff. So, yeah, even Illinois State will be on there and all this stuff. So, we know CBS Sportsnet never hosts a lot of college Turner, basketball yeah. throughout the season. And us having one game is whatever. We know we're on Valley Sports, Midwest as well, on those games. So just an update on – because we know we've been on that station before, and it's great being on Sunday potentially and being on big CBS for the whole world to see would be really cool. Uh, Now, before we get into the recruiting update on what's going on, it looks like – obviously, yeah, Dalton Banks had a birthday not too long ago, and his mom, Peg, who is a big follower of ours, it looked like, I guess – I'm not sure where they're at exactly – is this, is this back That's a dorm, I believe. That's a dorm, okay. They just took a big old picture. Obviously, it's not like they're you know where he's from or whatever. I see a Drew Holiday Finals jersey hanging up. The whole team, it looks like Noah, was at Dalton's dorm for his birthday and Peg tweeted about that birthday dinner with his second with Dalton's second family. It said Ben Coupette arrived after the pick and we were wondering we didn't see him. He was a, he was the sole one, but Noah, everybody's here we've preached before on basketball, you know, with the running backs going to their coaches and meeting their family that that, since this is, you know, the team's family, they mentioned the second family, seeing them spend this time together only makes for, it seems like success down the road and so on and so forth. That's great to see.
1: Absolutely. That's great to see. And the family environment, as, as we know throughout each sport at SIU is big. So uh, that's great to see. And, uh, can't wait to see what this team does on the floor. Excited. And we
0: talked how we, we've heard a lot of sizes, right, for some of the players. And in this picture, uh, Troy D'Amico. De, of course, I we've talked about it. And I was thinking about it off the top of my head right there, mentioning them. That he looks. Noah. We talked. He looks. If Scotty, if Scotty's six ten. I mean, Troy is right here with J.D. and Will Keller, even. Foster looks enormously tall. I mean, Noah, we're about to have a big old team, and maybe some of the, some people are lying about some of the sizes of these players. Cause that is crazy. Cause we, with the picture we took with Trent and Marcus, you know, I was about Trent's size, and Marcus looked huge. And I couldn't imagine what some of these other guys looked like in person. So Troy is huge uh, for a wing for a wing player, even a guard. It seems like with his ability to play make, and then Foster too. So. Uh, we're excited to see that freshman class and how big these guys can be literally on the floor. you mentioned, so yeah, it's great to see them spending some time with each other. And now Noah, a big part of this, the recruiting update, we had some new offers here. We lost one. Like we said, we'll get into that. But Noah, let's start out with NJ Benson. As we know, we were looking forward to him potentially coming to SIU. He's had a visit to one of the football games we saw when we were there. And, you know, it was, he, he, came up with his decision literally a day before he just all of a sudden said, I, I'm committing tomorrow. It's like usually people pick a date like a week or so in advance or more. So we were, of course, you know, wanting to see where this could go. And even guys like Dalton said, Sukey Nation, we need this one. So there were some some positives that we were thinking we could have landed and know and of course he ends up going. We all thought it was going to be Murray State because of John Morant's making a trip to see him for them to get him that, you know, maybe that could mean a lot to him, obviously, and seeing that you can't have a path to the NBA at schools like this. That Noah ended up picking the Bears and Missouri State and we talked how it seemed like they were the favorite all along. Yeah,
1: uh I when we when we talked about him, uh, I said that's probably where he'll end up. Uh the rumor was Murray State was the favorite. But uh when we first went talked about his top five when he came out with that, that's where I thought he ended up and ended up being right and it's um, that's a good place to be. Coach Ford's got that team going, uh, but it's just the same. He has to face us maybe two or three times, or two maybe three times a year, and get beat. You're right, because now he's an enemy
0: with, without a doubt. And uh, yeah, we talked how uh, maybe you know Dana Ford's a pretty good recruiter. Obviously, he convinced Isaiah Mos, Isaiah Mosley to Mosley Mosley. Who am I thinking of, Isaiah Mobley? I guess he's – I'm thinking of maybe the Mobley brothers from USC or something. So the same kind of last name. Yeah, Isaiah Mosley, four-star at the time, convinced him to go there and and he's turned Gage Prem into, you know, a potential pro in the makings, however which way that is, overseas or whatever, dominant. You know, he's going to be a favorite for player of the year. And if he says, well, you can be – look at Gage Prem. Look how I – look who how i managed to make Gage Prem into the player he is today. I can mold you in that same thing. And their success, and I just overall their ability to recruit. I think landed in and you're right. We'll be looking forward to playing us two times a year starting next year, and even obviously when Belmont comes in here, and which is the case, and not having Prim next year for them, it'll be interesting how they how they turn out moving forward. But it was unfortunate landing him, but now he is an enemy. So uh, we w- we would say in other in other situations, good luck to him, but that's not the case here. So we'll be seeing him down the road. Uh, so now I know what some other recruits uh, we, but we did, let's talk about the one we lost to Murray State. It's not the one we expected to lose to Murray
1: State. Yeah. Uh, didn't hear a lot of rumblings on this. Wasn't surprised that he committed elsewhere. Do know we were a couple weeks ago, we were at his school checking in on him. Uh, Braxton Stacker, a three-star guard is headed to Murray. So um, usually see them once a year, maybe, Starting next year, his freshman year, they'll be here. So maybe he'll have to lose to us two times a year again.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's
1: unfortunate. These guys we are in on, the fact that they're going to rivals
0: or obviously in our conference, out-of-conference teams we seem seen to play every year. It's unfortunate that we lose him to that. And didn't we think beforehand, it was like a week or two before, obviously, his commitment – a couple, however long it was ago, that we thought he already committed. And I guess it was to
1: Murray, we thought, but it wasn't confirmed yet. It was another guy we were in on. Same body type, everything. It was Jackson Edwards. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah, okay. So I,
0: I feel like, yeah, we were, we're all better. We thought Braxton had committed earlier than he did, which obviously isn't the case. But, yeah, seeing him go there, that's unfortunate. Lost on him. Uh, like I said, it's one of those, good luck to him. Nah, we'll be seeing you. All right, no, let's get into some
1: other recruits that we're either in on or ones that potentially took a visit or something. Uh no no visits yet, but uh we'll say uh the rumor is we will have a uh, Texas size recruit on, on campus this weekend. We'll let uh we'll let him uh hopefully post. We know NJ didn't post, so uh hopefully he has a good time and I assume he will be at the football team. So hopefully there's a good crowd there and hopefully uh the boys show him around a little bit. That's just one thing more to add that NJ never posted
0: about it. So we should have known we were doomed at that point. But seeing him with the players at the at the football game and stuff seemed like we had a chance. But
1: all right, moving on. Moving on, um, staying in the 2022 class, we're losing out a lot, of, a lot of our main targets, I believe, but uh to look around, uh, we've we went down to Woodstock, Georgia, and we looked in at practice at 7-footer Braden Pierce. So that's an interesting name to look around um in that so if we're going all the way down to georgia to check in on them that's pretty good um 2023 wise uh we got some guys we're looking at uh we recently uh we talked about rj taylor recently we offered him i believe that's last class and we talked about uh the ruben brother the twins we both offered them from simeon um uh, we talked about uh, recently Brock Harding. We we're in to see him. He's a six foot point guard. So from Moline, he has has high major interest apparently. So we were in on him. Then we offered yesterday uh, six seven power forward Caden Fish. So that's 2023, and I believe we're in on a uh, a transfer. Um, He's got a lot of options. Got a lot of options. D'Anthony Tipler, he spent his time at Coastal Carolina, I believe. So uh, a lot of options. Uh, not sure how that works out. If he commits now, does he play? I believe he was a Juco, then he went to Coastal, spent one year there, and he's transferring already. So not sure how that works out. If he would come now, I guess he would be eligible to play. Not sure. Yeah,
0: seeing a guy like Caden Fish even being six six, that's definitely one to keep an eye out. And you're right on uh, Tipler, I mean, the one that teams that stick out that are interested in him, apparently, ETSU, Drake, of course, uh, and then SIUE, some other ones, and some other small schools around the country as well. I mean, even Stephen of Austin, who's had obviously success to sell him on, and that list will be forever growing, I'm sure. A lot to keep an eye on, though, and we've mentioned before how uh, you said that stat of where of however many. Uh, people. What was that stat you said of however many that we don't have a 2022 recruit at? We're something?
1: we're one of 17 uh, top D1 schools without a commit yet. And when we've talked how,
0: you know, because it seems like that wouldn't be as big a deal. It depends how the how the how the freshmen this season play a part into our future. Because it seems like adding with the COVID year, obviously, that we have our core guys. If we add more guys, it's like we have a lot more that means there'll be more people leaving per se and stuff. So not letting, obviously you want to, it seems like no at this point, adding guys like Castro Pet who think of F, obviously a big X factor this year, that if we land guys in that route of the transfer and get more experience to more get, you know, cause some of these young guys, even to get more, you know, entrenched into the, into the program that if we get more experienced guys for these one or two seasons, that, that wouldn't be the worst thing knowing that we have our core guys. So not having not having any 2020, 2022 guys, especially losing to your rivals in general, isn't the biggest of deal to me, uh, because of the fact that we have our core and if we rely on the transfer portal, what do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh the momentum we had getting from the start, from Brian's first year really struck got got halted last year with uh, COVID and um having a 500 season we know why we had that 500 seasons um those reasons are there but I really think that halted probably maybe some of this momentum we had in recruiting but yeah like you said we have the core guys there but we spent a lot of time on a couple of these guys and it sucks that we lose out on them because we know how much time we put into these guys and these main targets we have so uh yeah, it wouldn't be a bad thing if we waited and got a couple more transfers and hit the next year's really hard like we seem to be doing right now, the 2023 class. Um, we're looking at really hard right now. But um, there's a couple other – there's about three bigs I'd say we're in on that would potentially end up here. So hopefully maybe we throw in a guard too, and that's what we have for this year. But if not, wait to, wait till the transfer season. Exactly. And we even talked about the ones that are still out there for next year that we're in on
0: the Robbie Avila's of the world, who we know is uber talented and he's getting looked at from other schools. Loyola seems like the biggest fit for him at the moment. I would say that's a favorite. Uh, And obviously it'd be nice. It'd be great to have a guy like him. We mentioned before, you know, Justin King, we don't know his status overall as a player that maybe he's one we wouldn't want to settle with, but we know that obviously, depending upon who else is in on him, that if we offered him like we do that, uh, you know, he'll end up, you know, deciding and knowing that SIU's there, I'm, I'm going to go there. So we'll see how that all plays out. And I mentioned before the pandemic obviously had a lot to do with it because we talked before how Scotty seems like he could have gone somewhere bigger, better, potentially not of the utmost, but uh, just anywhere else decent that the pandemic kind of halted. We use that word alone. I don't know if that's even a word halted. I think it is uh that uh you know they ruined a the little stuff for scotty so that's why he's here so we've we've kind of banked on some steals in a sense of uh, you know uh some steals in terms of getting him obviously and even guys like foster who we've heard is coming along pretty well and could play a lot this year so it seems like we could have gotten some steals so that's where we need to tip our tip our hat on for lack of a better term and Ride with this and knowing yeah that 2023 seems like a, a big year as well and we'll keep our eye out for some of these other guys that I just mentioned for 2022 but other than that we have our core and that we build off it and get some more of that experience guys like Cash Coupette cause we'll see how he how he plays out this year we're thinking to be pretty well with his skill set if we keep landing guys like that know we could have more success.
1: Yeah, it's it's big time as we know, and we got like guys like Anthony who's done a lot for this program, uh, Barrett Benson. So guys like that we could land, and uh, as we know, we know we have the talent on this team. If we have success this year, there could be guys that's knocking at our door, and we're not knocking at theirs. They're knocking at the our because they want to graduate either as, as a grad transfer, or they want to transfer from their school. They're knocking at our door wanting to come here. Exactly, and we know
0: how crazy the transfer portal has been recently they've allowed players to play right away I'm not sure how that'll be moving forward but yeah it'll happen a lot so they'll get a lot of opportunities you're right and what barrett and anthony have done for a big standpoint and we even recall trying to get some of these guys i mean anthony had DePaul in on him and stuff we honestly thought it was bleak getting them and then we do and then kyler being from canada he seemed he was the biggest guy you know the biggest recruit out of canada atlantic so we've had success in that we've seen how these players have panned out but you're right. If we can get a little bit more success, like how football view viewed, that a lot of a lot of different players can see that and, you know, make the choice easily, whether it's a recruit, a high school player, or, yes, a recruit. So, like I said, it's interesting how it will all play out. Even, I mean, we haven't mentioned it yet, but Don A. May, we know he took visits, and he's an option there as well. We talked how a guard would be nice maybe down the road, knowing that we're set at big for a while, and we have the Daltons of the world and Lance, but adding a couple more There is potential that he is definitely an option that would be a nice one as well so we'll definitely be keeping our eyes peeled there'll be some more decisions definitely along the way into the season and definitely next offseason will be huge so that is an update on everything recruiting unless you got anything else to add that is it all right so we'll be keeping an eye for it as i said so then moving on here something that we had a film was the case for a long for a while now uh reese johnson who we saw Obviously, it was a walk-on for this upcoming year out of Benton. Uh, we, obviously, he was on the team. He was at practice doing everything, and then we suddenly realized that he was off the website, that he took, that he, what else? He was off the website. He was, uh, what else did we notice that kind of had a feeling that he wasn't on the team? It was off the website, and what else was it? His Twitter.
1: His Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if he had SAU basketball still in it or not. I thought it was, says something about it, but it says it more likely like a, he's a fan of it. So you basketball, okay. not on the team. And I
0: recall when we were at the football game, I remember going down to the concourse. I remember seeing him in line, and we recalled that the basketball team was at the game sitting together. And we, I saw Reese down there, uh, whatever. So we had a feeling. And it was confirmed, Noah by Todd the other day that Reese is no longer on. So it's something, obviously, we've, we've known a little bit for a while, and now it's officially confirmed. So it's unfortunate. But, you know, obviously, it's not going to make or break anything not having Reese. It helps the team GPA, as we've said. That's what Will Keller's been thankfully for all this time, that it have been nice in that sense. But we mentioned how maybe Reese is obviously, and everyone should be, committed to school. So we know obviously the travel and everything with basketball could have uh, stunted that a little bit for him to make. So we made that decision, and we respect that decision definitely. So good luck to Reese and your endeavors here at SIU for whatever you'd like to do. Uh, now, Noah, we, we tweeted the... Uh, yesterday about a cbs ranking by a certain guy that ranked all the 300 something teams and because the, the only reason i saw it's because Loyola loyal tweeted the link that, that they were 28th and we looked at us and we were 163rd and we tweet about that that Along with that, uh, rankings and any other rankings we would we would get out, even though we mentioned how the conference one that will be coming out at some point, we'll be focused more on that. But it's interesting to see how people view us uh, just in general throughout the country. And they had a little paragraph on us, if I could go back and find it, uh, of the article. It would, I would have to scroll a little bit unless you have it. But 163, Noah, I mean, in terms of obviously the non-success we seem like we've had and the bad luck that... That's about in the middle of the pack. Obviously, we want that to improve. And we talked how in a preview one we'll have in a week that we'll get into where the other teams stand. But 163, your
1: thoughts? Yeah. Uh, for uh, the season we had last year and going into this year, that's probably about right. All, right. I'll go in more depth on our preview show. And so everybody should definitely – we'll mention that here in a second
0: again to look forward to that because, like I said, we were only 11 days away. From that first game, let me get this on here real fast about us. Yeah, I mean, it's surprising to see where some of these other MVC schools land as well. So we'll sneak peek that. And the little paragraph they have on us, it is surprising to see even other conference schools. So yeah, we'll get to that, I, I guess, along the way of what they said. It was just something small, but interesting to see how everybody views it. So we'll get into that. But some other things now, Noah, to finish this thing out today. It was announced. What was it today that Todd tweeted? Todd ever tweeted that we have a scrimmage against the team in Indianapolis on Saturday, four days after this Henderson State scrim or uh, game exhibition on the thirtieth uh, after that game.
1: So thoughts on that? I mean, IPFW, Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne. There way you go. Believe what it is, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we have room on the schedule to add one more game to limit or to the limit of 13 non-con games but uh, scrimmage ain't bad uh, after that exhibition you'll be able to tell what they have up there as well you're right we'll all have at least a game under our belt to see they said yeah they play
0: they play Murray State on October 24th so uh, yeah we'll, we'll definitely have a game under our belt like I said to see what happened. we cannot wait for the game to see how our team fares and what the rotation all that stuff be so that is noteworthy. That's another game out of the schedule, yes. So, so now, Noah, since we ended this thing here, yes, we talked how we've been looking forward all this time about uh, to preview this upcoming season and so much that we've talked about already that we'll get our all of our picks for, you know, or talk about every team within the conference and what they have to offer this year at this point because we haven't, we haven't talked about it in forever. We'll get our picks for everything and how everything will play out since the Whatever I guess, yeah, it'll be next week since our game is 11 days from now, so everybody can look forward to that. We'll be discussing a lot of this stuff. Overall, what we think, how the season will play out, who will be of what, and obviously that'll be our opinions until we get to the exhibition, which we'll get a good idea about how the rotation maybe could be moving forward to discuss that because we mentioned how for podcasts, obviously for football, it's every week, and we have a pre and a post, but for basketball, it'll be – Seems like almost every day we'll preview every single game throughout this entire thing, and even obviously when that tournament rolls around, we have a couple games, so it'll be a lot of podcasts for basketball coming. Almost starting here soon, up until
1: up until Arch Madness hits. So it'll be it'll be something great. We're definitely looking forward to it, aren't we? Yeah, can't wait. It's we're itching it. We're itching for it to get here. Uh, even though we're in depth in football season, but uh, yeah, basketball. Can't wait. This team looks looks ready. I can't wait to see what the, yeah, like you said, rotational stuff and find out what this team's made of and uh, hopefully make some noise this year. Yeah, and we've heard some, like we mentioned earlier, we've
0: heard some rumblings about potentially what the what the teams look like and who stepped up to take whoever's spot. We'll keep that for the preview. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about, yeah, football is in, obviously, at their peak at the moment. We will continuously be excited and ready for that. It's always the basketball season rolls around, and you're uber excited for that as well, and we're hoping that uh, football can rub off on basketball a little bit this season to do the same kind of thing. So uh, we mentioned how the non-con could be a little better than it is, but it's, it's it's fine, and we'll take advantage of it, hopefully the best that we can. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're looking forward to and that preview will be, Definitely great to listen to. We hope everybody tunes in like they have for this one. So, and it was our first one of October. So, again, we're glad to be back and full speed ahead towards the season. So, for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time, sometime next week. Go Dogs!